I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Fission. Hey there friends, I'm Nuclear Yuki and welcome to the last episode of season one of a nuclear reading show. Thanks for coming with me on this journey through Little Pip's story. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to tell your friends about me. Find me on Twitter at Nuclear Yuki and stick about to the end of this broadcast for a few special announcements. Honestly, thank you all for the support. And of course, since the gangs can be a bit feisty, Fallout is owned by Bethesda, and Hasbro made My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. With all that said and done, welcome, friends, for the last time in Season 1, to the Wasteland. Epilogue of forgiveness and fallout. Two weeks. It's been two weeks since the afternoon that the Wastelanders everywhere have come to call the day of sunshine and rainbows. The day that the massive surges of rainbow light and sound, sonic rainbooms, burst from 23 of the great towers, clearing away the blanket of clouds that cover the skies above for all our lives and the lives of everyone and everything born after the great war. For me, there's a memory that will forever symbolise that day. Watching those expanding rings of fantastic rainbow light burst above the clouds, sending showers down on the wasteland. And as I turned my face towards the sun for the very first time, I saw how the misty rainfall sparkled. And then, I spotted a balefire phoenix, her coat, a majestic iridescent emerald and gold, dancing and cavorting amongst the ephemeral rainbows forming all across the sun-drenched sky. It was the single most beautiful sight I have seen in my long life. Thank you, Little Pip, from all of us. Now, children, as you know, the sonic rainbows also tore most of the remaining Enclave Raptors out of the sky. The few that remained have returned to the sides of the Enclave's remaining Thunderheads, and turned their firepower on the Pegasus ponies who have risen up to throw the Enclave's tyranny. The war is over. But it would appear that the war was just a prologue to another bloody chapter in equestrian history. Civil war tears apart the sky, and here below, the remnants of Red Eye's armies have divided into war camps, each determined to carve out a swathe of the wasteland as their own little empire, the ground soaked in violence and the blood of any pony who challenges them. But this time is different, children. Because this time, we have hope. Hope that the equestrian of tomorrow 
will actually be a better place than the equestry of today, and that we may actually know peace in our children's lifetime. Hope brought to us by our Lightbringer, and more importantly, hope brought to us by ourselves, by our embrace of our nobler nature. Over the last few weeks, the actions of so many of you have shone more brilliantly than the sun itself, and so much that it's made this old DJ cry, children. Old DJ Pwn3 ain't never been prouder of you. Now listen up, children. Old DJ Pwn3 got a message for all you faithful listeners. And this one's important. The word of the day is forgiveness. We've all suffered at the hooves of the Enclave, and I know just how easy it would be to direct all our hate towards every pony out there with wings. But the Enclave ain't every Pegasus, and even a great many of those in the Enclave weren't keen on what their leaders were doing. Many stood up against them, and many were murdered for it. We need to embrace our Pegasi sisters and brothers. Welcome them. Things are going to be hard for them. Hell, hard for all of us. We need to show love, tolerance, and acceptance. We need to be that sort of ponies that the stable dweller trusted and believed we could be. The sort of ponies you've proven you can be. Same message goes for the alicorns. They ain't the monsters they used to be. They're ponies. Hurt ones at that, yes. There are several poisonous apples out there. Some of them just don't seem to know any other way. But most of those alicorns are just lost. They're trying to figure out who they are, and to reckon their place in this world. Not unlike a certain little unicorn who stepped hoof out of a stable less than three months ago. And there are some, more than just a few, who have chosen to side with the heroes of the wasteland. So if you see an alicorn, keep your weapon loaded, but try talking first. You might just find a friend. Remember, children, it's the one great truth of the wasteland. We've all done something that we regret. We all need a little forgiveness. And that's the truth of the matter. And with that said, I've got a special treat for all you faithful listeners. I have here in the studio Velvet Remedy. I have here in the studio Velvet Remedy, here for a rare interview with yours truly. I know I usually farm out interviews to my number one assistant, but this is a special case. And Amage has been rather busy. But first, the news. The fires of the Everfree Forest have finally died. Bizarrely, a lot of the forests, the trees at least, seem unharmed. Given time, the undergrowth is likely to grow back. However, I have it on good authority that the Applejacks Rangers have taken up a project to convert much of the forest's area to farmland, pending negotiations with the children of the Cathedral, a relatively non-hostile band of Red-Eyes remnants who've made their home in the wreckage of the Thunderhead Overcast. In related news, hostilities between the Steel Rangers and their heroic offshoot, the Applejacks Rangers, seem to have ceased save for a few localised packets of fighting. Apparently, the threat of genocide from above has helped put their conflict into perspective. Fierce battles continue throughout the ruins of Philadelphia, most notably between Talon mercenaries and the emerging Red-Eyes remnants warlords. Unless your checklist of things you need to do by the end of the day includes violence and bloody dismemberment, I strongly advise you to avoid Philadelphia for the foreseeable future. If you're amongst those civilians still trapped inside the ruins, Seek out the nearest Talon not engaged in active hostilities. If at all possible, the Griffin will do her or his best to get you out of the war zone. Now, as many of you know from my first return broadcast, all those mysterious towers turn out to be part of a pre-war weather control system called the Single Pegasus Project. And that little pip, the mare I formerly referred to only as the Stable Dweller, and other titles, is currently in an induced coma, hooked into that system. Additionally, Celestia herself is bound, in mind and soul, to the SVP security system. So I guess every pony who believed that Celestia was up there somewhere looking down on us was right. And that brings us to a bit of good news, and a bit of bad news. You see, Little Pip was willing to sacrifice everything she had for all of us. Her friends honour that, but they're doing all they can to mitigate the price, because that's what friends do. They help each other, best they can. Despite the best of efforts, it doesn't appear control over the single Pegasus project security and weather control systems can be integrated. Turns out, even if we have the technology, attempting to install it would require a full shutdown and tearing apart several components of the Crusader mainframe and... that ain't an option. The good news, however, is that they've rigged up enhanced communication between the disparate systems. Not only does this mean that Little Pip and Celestia will be able to spend time together, but that both will be able to periodically converse with us down here as well. 
Sunlight and Celestia herself have been returned to the wasteland. Words. And they just able to express the magnitude of that. And in further good news, the first message from Little Pip to all of us has been received. Now it's a bit of a mess due to the way it was mentally transcribed, but the Toilet Society's expert in memory magic, a pony who I will add is a trusted friend, has taken it upon himself to sort out and edit the memory dump. And we expect to have that message available for everyone living in the wasteland within another two weeks. And before you ask, my friend has assured me that the editing being performed will not diminish the message in any way. That it ain't going to be a short message by any stretch. And the no pony needs to know about every time Little Pip ate or had a bowel movement. To my friend, I can only say, I applaud your sacrifice. Finally, a bit of personal news. I, your voice in the wasteland, am going away again. Hopefully, it will not be for as long as my last vacation, and is definitely under better circumstances. You see, children, now that the war is over and the sky's opened, I've got a quest of my own to undertake. A role in the good fight that demands my personal attention. I'll report him whenever circumstances allow, but this may be the last bit of news you hear from me in a little while. Now, I hear some of you faithful listeners asking... Hey, DJ Pwn3, does this mean Little Pip is up there keeping an eye on us like all the time too? Like a new benevolent goddess? Well, I can tell you she wouldn't much care for the comparison. And the last thing she wants is to be prayed to. That's not a role she seeks herself. Plus, I have it on good authority that she'll be getting some long and well-earned rest. On the other hoof, even though I know she ain't that kind of pony, I'd still hesitate to throw around the old my lightning strike me if phrase so casually now. And I, for one, am entirely building up my stockpile of colourful little pip swears. And on that note, I introduce Velvet Remedy. Hello, medical pony. May I call you Velvet? Of course you may. And we're going to be travelling together for a while. Familiarity is expected. <laughs> yes. As it turns out, faithful listeners, Velvet here will be accompanying me on my little sojourn. As will her husband, Calamity, hero of the Battle of Dragon Mountain. How is Calamity doing after his surgery, VR? Can I call you VR? No, and he's recovering nicely. The implants are compensating for the permanent muscle damage, and I believe he will regain his full flying capabilities with sufficient exercise and nagging. Ah yes, the nagging. I suspect is the most crucial element to recovery. Did I hear you say enhanced communication? Well, that explains it. I thought I heard Homage saying something about the towers. Spare parts from Stable 29 and a threesome? Hey, is it my fault the mare's a perv? I'm not touching that one, and you know why. Ha <laughs> ha! Anyway, let me first say how joyous it was to hear your broadcast that morning two weeks ago. Old DJ Pwn3 ain't never been so happy to be upstaged. What? I didn't. You weren't even? Whoa, whoa, it's just a joke. But it's no joke that your voice was a blessing in pretty dark hours. Oh, uh, thank you. I just did what I could. And from what I hear, you've got a little quest of your own you're raring to take on before we begin our little adventure. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes, we're going to save Fluttershy. Fluttershy was one of Equestria's greatest heroes, and eventually became one of the Ministry Mayors, the Mayor of the Ministry of Peace. She was the greatest healer, and the kindest soul that Equestria has ever known. Yes, she made mistakes. Errors in judgment that played a role in the apocalypse. But her mistakes were born of kindness and a genuine effort to save lives. The portal to hell is opened with the incantation of good intentions. And what she has suffered in the last two centuries has gone beyond the pale. The punishment has far exceeded the crime. Tragically, a wasteland speciality. Fluttershy sounds like the sort of pony the equestrian wasteland really needs. What happened and how can she be saved? Two centuries ago... She was brutally transformed by killing Joke. It may be possible to reverse that cruel magic and save her. For the last week, Zenith has been working on a brew, a modification of an old recipe to relieve the transformations caused by poison Joke, and it's finally ready. Morning Frost has volunteered to fly us out. I don't want Calamity pulling a sky chariot until he's fully recovered. The fires of the Everfree Forest should have cleansed the area of killing Joke, but we're not taking any unnecessary chances. Now, Velvet, I hate to bring this up, but it has been 200 years. What are the chances that this will even work? And even if it does, she might not survive the transformation. She might die of old age the moment she's restored. We... 
I know, but Flutterjack deserves our efforts to try, and even in the worst case, she deserves peace. After two hundred years of undeserved torment... I'm sorry, please, give me a moment. Take your time. I... thank you, I'm all right. Hey, it's no problem. This is understandably emotional. You were saying? I was... I was about to say, just in case, we've created a recording that we're going to play to her just before we attempt this. The recording is from all of us. I believe your assistant homage took part in making it and helped Little Pip and Celestia add their voices as well. The recording lets Fluttershy know that we love her, and perhaps more importantly, that for the mistakes she made, she's forgiven. We're going to play this for her before we try the brew, and afterwards, if we're not successful in saving her, the recording will be integrated into a gravestone marker, set to play once a week at sunrise for the next ten years. That's kind of beautiful, of course. I really hope that isn't necessary. Again, thank you. No, VR. For all you've done, and for all you're going to do, from all of us in the equestrian wasteland, thank you. Everyone deserves thanks, and we all did our part. And if I may ask, how are you doing in the wake of it all? I know that, since your return, you've seemed a little melancholy. Really? Well, a lot has happened. To me. To you. To Equestria. You can't go through that and come out the same pony. But that's just life. Life always changes. And I'm afraid that's all the time we have today, faithful listeners. Old DJ Pwn 3's got some packing to do. And I need to program a good week or three of music before I go. One final announcement. Earlier, I was able to spend some time with Velvet Remedy in my recording studio. And starting today, Velvet Remedy's equestrian anthem will be part of our musical rotation. I knew you'd enjoy hearing that. But for now, I leave you with this song, an old favourite. I dedicate this one to Strawberry Lemonade, Amber Waves, and every other pony who gave their lives at the Battle of Dragon Mountain. You stood fast, defending valiantly without even knowing what you were trying to protect, only trusting that your sacrifices was for the good of all Equestria. Your bravery and loyalty are unparalleled, and I promise you this, you didn't die in vain. Someday very soon... As soon as my little quest is complete, everyone will understand your sacrifice, and history will remember your names with reverence. Thanks for listening, children! I want to calm the storm, but the war is in your eyes. How can I shield you from the horror and the lies? When all the once held meaning is shattered, ruined, bleeding, and the whispers in the darkness tell me we won't survive. All things will end in time. This coming storm won't linger. Why should we live as if there's nothing more? So hold me neath the thunderclouds, my heart held in your hooves. Our love will keep the monsters from our door. For I know tomorrow will be a better day. Yes, I believe tomorrow will be a better day. And that's it for the epilogue, my friends. I'm going to jump straight into the afterword. Enjoy, listeners. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Once upon a time in the magical land of Equestria. Afterward, ten years later. Then I began thinking, she said softly, reading the very last lines of the book. They were also the first lines though she wasn't sure if any of her listeners had noticed. The story had come full circle. 
there were moments she lived for, just spending time with the children, seeing their eager, attentive faces as she read to them. The reading room was like an island of peace. No worries, no pressures, no ponies seeking her advice or counsel. She'd never been comfortable in a position of leadership, but the ponies outside had put her on a pedestal. She hated the spotlight, and she knew she hadn't earned the trust they put in her. The reading room was one of her favourite retreats. If I'm going to tell you about the adventure of my life, explain how I got to this place with these people, and why I did what I'm going to do next, I should probably start by explaining a little about Pitbucks. She gently closed the book, drinking in the tranquility of the ending. Yes, these were the moments she lived for, the peace and quiet before... What? whined the little apricot pegasus sitting in the centre of the other foals. That's it? It can't end there? That's a lame way to end the story. Now, Thunder Rush, she began. Rush was Tracker and Mist's filly, and had inherited her father's disposition. I want action, Rainbow Dash interrupted, and I want Rainbow Dash. A timid little yellow unicorn offered, I kind of liked the ending. Rush rolled her eyes at her playmate. You would? Well, it was tranquil while it lasted. Now, children, it's a true story, right? The yellow unicorn flower asked. Even as she nodded in response, the Philly Thunder Rush promptly disagreed. Of course not! It's obviously just a fairy tale. Nobody could survive getting shot that much. The filly rolled her eyes again with an exaggerated exasperation. And come on! You don't really believe that were that many monsters in Equestria, do you? Oh, but there were, she responded, hating to interrupt. I was there. The apricot pegasus just crossed her forelegs and sat down with a harumph. One of the colts in the back, a brown and white spotted foal, piped up. Were you really a tree? She took a deep breath fortifying herself to face the question that always came after this one. Yes, Cliff, it's true. She heard curiosity in Flower's voice as the filly asked, What was it like to be a tree? And there it was, the question. I don't want to talk about it, Fluttershy said, the words feeling rehearsed. There were things she couldn't think about too much, and her time as a tree was high on her list of forbidden things. Now why don't you all go out and play? Most of the colts and fillies didn't need to be told twice. The far door swung open, letting in a dazzling blast of sunlight. A miniature stampede left the reading room almost vacant in seconds. She blinked, realising that little Cliff had stayed behind. The colt galloped up to her on his tiny hooves and threw his forelegs around her. She fought the urge to jump away and hide. You're the best storyteller, Miss Fluttershy, he said happily. Thank you for the story! Then the colt too was drawn by the pull of the midday sun and scampered off to join his friends. Fluttershy stood in place for a moment, staring out of the open doors at the Mission and Junction Town beyond. These ponies, they called themselves the followers of the Apocalypse. They knew of her past, her great mistakes, but they neither hid from the truth nor hated her for it. Instead, they embraced it as a lesson, and still, astoundingly, looked at her with a reverence she found uncomfortable. Still, if she was going to be given a position of authority, she was going to use it. She'd spent 200 years unable to do anything to help anyone. No more. She just had to do better this time. And this time, she was going to stay close to her friends so that they could help her. She spotted the follower's leader, Velvet Remedy. The charcoal-coated unicorn looked her way, smiling. She whiffed a forehoof and waved. Fluttershy waved timidly back, her eyes catching the ornate golden pitbuck encrusted with a nightingale-shaped gemstone on Velvet Remedy's leg. She remembered when that had been a necklace. Her necklace. She found herself smiling, happy that it had found a new bearer, although it had taken her a while to grasp the somewhat abrasive mare as a beacon of kindness. She wasn't surprised that the element had taken a new form. After all, before it was a necklace... It had been a heavy, round rock, and the book did help explain why the elements chose this new appearance. Fluttershy picked up the book in her mouth and walked over to the bookshelf. The Book of Little Pip was a good book, she thought, despite some of the darker parts that she had to skim over while reading it to the kids. The book had helped her understanding of things, 
and answered many questions. Zenith's potion had reversed the curse of the killing joke, restoring her physically to how she had been just before it touched her. But her mind... It had taken years for her to recover, and she'd only been able to find herself again, to put herself back together, thanks to the constant attention and help from her friends, both her new friends and her old ones. Velvet Remedy had been right. The little statuettes of her friends had helped her put herself back together again. Without them, she probably would have been remained broken and insane forever. The statuettes of her friends were the second set like that she had been given in her life. The first was from Rarity. The ones she now had were from Velvet Remedy. With them, she could weather the loss of her friends, and it sometimes felt like they were still right there with her. Sometimes, in her sleep, they would stand by her against the monsters that lurked in her head. She hadn't understood how or why Velvet Remedy had given her the Book of Little Pip. Now, thanks to the book, she knew. It was, however, rather disconcerting to know that there were little statuettes of her out there somewhere, radiating the essence of her soul. The statuettes were in her saddlebags. She took them wherever she went, taking them out only to put them on the mantle above her bed at night before she slept, with Angel. The eternally petrified form of her dearest pet and longest friend watched over her each night, guarding her. It was maybe macabre and somewhat unhealthy, but she slept better with him there. He kept the nightmares away. As she slid the book back into its place on the bookshelf, she thought that, yes, it was a good book. Deeply painful at times, but it was nice to feel like she knew Little Pip. So many of her new friends did, and despite some of her bad times, she seemed like such a nice pony. Fluttershy had tried to talk to Little Pip once, but even being in one of the tower stations made her very uncomfortable. The single Pegasus project, she had to admit, freaked her out. Little Pippa called it peaceful, but Fluttershy had panic attacks at the mere thought of the place, of being trapped, unable to move, watching helplessly. She felt her heart racing and shoved the memory away. That place was on her list of things not to think about too much. Sometimes, her mind was like a minefield. She had to be careful where she stepped. Still, she'd recovered. Mostly. It had taken years, yes. She smiled a little, the sort of smile you could only manage looking back on something from a great distance. Her well-intentioned friends had swiftly taken her to Spike's cave, thinking it would help her to be with someone she knew. Two hundred years as a tree had done nothing to dampen her phobia of dragons. Of course, she hadn't recognised him. He'd grown up. And true, she'd seen him grown up once before, but that was unnatural and temporary growth, not the real thing. He looked completely different. He had wings, for one thing. I'm sorry I scared you, she remembered Spike saying one day after she'd finally been able to more than just squeak and cower in response. It was the eye patch, wasn't it? Damn it. I was going for jaunty, but I think it just makes me look like a raider. It had not been the eye patch. If anything, the eye patch was nice, made him look dapper. She told him so. Fluttershy lowered her nose and nudged the book fully into place. Yes, she thought for a third time, it was a good book. Sometimes, though, she thought it had a bad title. In her mind, it was more than just the story of a single mare. It was the story of Equestria, the Equestria that had been, the Equestrian Wasteland, that is, and the hopes for the new Equestria that was beginning to bloom. Maybe the story should have Equestria in its name, she asked herself. More than that, it was the story of the birth of the fledgling forces of good in the Equestrian Wasteland. The New Cantalot Republic, the Applejack's Rangers, even the followers of the Apocalypse had their origins in the story. And she shouldn't forget the Twilight Society, whose megaspell had turned them into a superpower in the Wasteland. They were good and helpful ponies too. Mostly. Usually. Fluttershy crossed the reading room and stepped out into the pure sunlight that poured down on Junction Town. She blinked, adjusting to the brightness as she felt the warmth of the sun penetrate her feathers and coat. Ahead and to the left, Velvet Remedy was talking to some of the medical ponies near the clinic. To her right, the laughter and the playing children tickled the air. Straight ahead, at the far wall of the mission, she spotted Pallet and her apprentice Silverbell. 
The old mare was guiding the adolescent unicorn as she used her magic to put the finishing touches on a stained glass window. Fluttershy guessed the window was for the new Cantalot castle. She closed her eyes, drawing in a deep breath. The scents of dust and lavender trees mixed with a hint of rosewood and cinnamon from Brandy's cookhouse. Oh, smell that air, she said softly to her friends in her saddlebags. It was the smell of everything being good in the world. She turned to watch the children. Thunderrush's brother was pestering the apricot pegasus. She tilted her ears to catch the conversation. I can name all the presidents of the new Canterblot's Republic, the little one boasted. So cutie made Fluttershy snicker. Rush said, blowing her sibling off. That's easy. There's only been two. Try something harder. The little cult tried again. Um, I can name all the princesses of old Equestria. Um, equally isn't harder. Fluttershy sighed, shaking her head and took a step. She eeped as a young voice cried out, Hey, Fluttershy! Turning, she saw the pink alicorn filly fly up unsteadily, her face wide and smiling. Oh, hello, Surprise. Fluttershy greeted her. Surprise was the third alicorn to be successfully birthed, and the first alicorn to have a coat that wasn't blue, green or purple. Look what I can do! The little alicorn filly beamed happily. Her face scrunched in concentration. Her horn flickered and began to glow, small sparks erupting from its tip. A blob of magical energy formed above the little alicorn. It melted down around her, forming a magical shield. The fragile magical sphere lasted only for a moment before popping like a soap bubble, but the alicorn's eyes looked up with glee. Oh, that's very good surprise, Fluttershy cooed. You're getting ever so much better. Your parents must be so proud. Still, she couldn't help but suppress an involuntary shudder, her eyes drifting towards the mountains and towards Glyphmark. She knew better than to worry. Zenith, of all zebras, wouldn't allow them to be anything but extra cautious. Still, the brew they created to turn alcorns male, the potion that allowed them to breed, required extract of killing joke as an ingredient. And that meant the angels were cultivating it over there. No, no, no. Stop thinking about the things on the list. You know it's not healthy. Surprise squeaked in delight and fluttered away, seeking another adult to show off to. Fluttershy slowly walked down the cobblestone street that wove through the mission. She passed Brandy trotting the other way, pulling a cart of vegetables out of the gardens. She exchanged greetings with the young cook, feeling fleetingly disappointed that she wouldn't get to taste the soup and salad being planned for tonight. But she wasn't going to be here. The equestrian wasteland was producing enough food now for its population to begin to prosper. Ponies and non-ponies alike. Three years ago, Little Pip had cleared the last of the cloud curtain. Her continued habitation in the Celestia hub being as much out of dedication to a promise as it was for psychological and physiological concerns. The former she empathised with all too well. The latter regarded as the small mare's development of a constitutional weakness. Her multiple exposures to Pink Cloud and Broadcasters having taken their toll. Plus, while not constantly minded, the weather still needed to be regulated so that the farms could run at maximum production. And sadly, it would probably be generations before the rest of Equestria was willing to trust the weather to the Pegasi again. Yes, food was no longer a necessity that the ponies needed to struggle or bleed for. The new Cantalot Republic ensured that the bounty was distributed generously to all, and the Talons kept the farms and caravans safe from gangs and other marauders who would attempt to seize control. Rather, the national concern had once again turned to power. The Gardens of Equestria had given back their farmlands, but it had stripped them of the radioactive materials necessary to run Red Eye's engines. For now, most of the energy used by the NCR was generated from devices drawing on star batteries, a donation from Calamity, she had been told. But those resources were finite and heavily strained, the needs of the nation would soon far exceed the limited power they could produce. Fluttershy cringed at the notion that Equestria's power might soon become dependent on irradiated rocks and other materials that could only be found in foreign lands. She'd seen the land she loved go down that road before, and it did not end well. Getting Aquacura was bad enough. Several field mice scampered across the street. Fluttershy flapped her wings, lifting her hooves off the cobblestones and giving them space to pass. An iridescent bird of golden and emerald plumage shot down out of the sky, snatching one of them up. The balefire phoenix shot into the air, lifting up ten yards, and dropped her prey onto the stones below. 
the fall breaking the little mouse's back. Oh, uh, he hello, Pylite. Fluttershy squeaked as Pylite dropped onto her prey and started to eat. For a moment, she'd almost called the bear five phoenix Philomena, but Pylite wasn't the same bird as the one who had once been Princess Celestia's pet. At least, she was pretty sure that they weren't the same bird, but the similarities were striking enough that Fluttershy was sure they were from a common family. Cousins, maybe. Even sisters. Pylite looked up at Fluttershy, mouse intestines dangling from her beak, and squawked pleasantly. Fluttershy bit back the urge to grimace, smiling approvingly at the predator instead. She had been with Velvet Remedy through Pylite's last two natural renewal cycles. The first time, helping the unicorn accept the seemingly horrible decline of her pet's health. Fluttershy flew past, landing a few yards ahead and continuing on her way. Ahead, she noticed that Palette and Silverbell had paused in their work to watch Surprise show them her shield bubble. A chime sounded, crystalline and clear, ringing across the mission. She perked up, looking to the sky above the gate. Other ponies trotted about her, headed to sea. Silverbell galloped past her, her mentor trotting more leisurely behind. Velvet Remedy joined her side. Surprise followed the promise that there were more adults to show off to. One of the caravans was home. Even before she recognised the silhouette, the glints of metal under his wing and on his foreleg told Fluttershy that it was Calamity who had come home. It was good to see him again, and not just because he was going to be her ride this afternoon. She'd always been a weak flyer, even in her youth, and she wasn't young anymore. The only pink in her mane now was from the streak Silverbell had put in it while practising cosmetic spells. Fluttershy felt confident in flying across Junction Town, maybe even to where they were building the new castle, but not all the way to Buckling Cross. The heavy gate doors squealed, pulled open by ponies on pedal machines made from old griffin chasers. As Calamity landed inside, the caravan he guarded began through the doors. She trotted forward, her eyes moving to each pony, counting manes. She breathed a sigh of relief she didn't realise she was holding in, as every pony was accounted for. She supposed she'd been a little worried. The trip to Thunderfall City and back wasn't as dangerous as it used to be, but it was good to see them back and in one piece. Oh! Silverbell pouted. I was hoping it would be Mum and Dad! Ditsy Doo's caravan was due back today as well, she realised, and from a much more treacherous journey. It was for the ghouls of Equestria. Their bodies could not heal without radiation, and after the gardens of Equestria had been activated, there was no radiation in Equestria anymore. Every week, brave caravans like Ditsy Doo's were making the trek beyond Equestria's borders to the rad pits in the blighted neighbouring lands, filling barrels with the irradiated water that the ghouls at home needed to survive. Ditsy Doo was, however, the only one who had decided to brand her water deliveries. Absolutely everything was Equestria's source for Aquacura, free on request with any size of purchase, no matter how small. Dirty water caravans were all too often targets of bandits and other awful ponies. She understood Silverbell's anxiety. The caravan was already crowded by ponies when she reached it. Some were helping unload. Most were just eager to hear about the trip. On our way there, we ran into raiders out near Hope. Calamity was telling Velvet Remedy, shaking his head sadly. They hit the outpost there. We're much less of it when we reached it. Raiders? Velvet gasped. But... We haven't seen those in years. Are you sure it wasn't one of the gangs? Gangs don't do to ponies what these monsters did, Calamity snorted, drawing down his silver cowpony hat. But don't worry, they won't be doing nothing to any pony ever again. Fluttershy watched as the two married ponies began to sketch out plans to send a group out to properly tend to the dead at the Hope Outpost. I'm off with Shad to Buckland Cross this evening. Might want to get some of them talon bars to provide cover, Calamity suggested finally. I got them all, I'm sure of it, but better play it safe, just in case. The rust-coated cyberpony turned to her. I'll be ready to go in an hour, if and you're ready. Oh, yes, thank you, if that's okay with you, she paused, and then asked, Do you think it'll be dangerous? Shucks, no, Calamity smiled. We'll likely get a few rogue winds, but the junction town to Buckling Cross is one of the safest routes in all of Equestria. Well, now that the bloodwing mating season had passed, at least. Rogue winds? It's Amarja's birthday, so she'll be up in the Celestia Hub with little Pip, Calamity informed her. I hear they're spending the whole day in the autumn vestibule. Oh, Fluttershy squeaked. How romantic. 
Clamty turned to his wife with a smirk. Amarge wanted to remind her that this is the last birthday she's got before she's officially old and decrepit. He playfully poked Velvet Remedy with a hoof as she scowled and pouted. Fluttershy's eyes were drawn to the golden pit buck on his foreleg, the two jewels embedded in it taking the shapes of a hammer and a screwdriver. What's decrepit? Surprise piped up, looking to the adults curiously. In this case, Pellet answered, lowering her head to mock whisper to the little pink alicorn. It means the same age as Velvet was when she left her stable. Velvet Remedy tossed her mane back and nickered indignantly. Dusk was settling over Equestria. The dipping sun glowed between the skeletal monuments of Manhattan's ruined skyscrapers. Dingy light and fading shadows stretched across Fetlock. The wind sent ripples across the lake and through the lush hills of grass. She stood in the back of the sky chariot staring down as Fetlock passed below. She could see the lights of the settlement built around the Applejack's ranger's stronghold, a bastion of life in a sea of wreckage. Did you see Ponyvale? She asked suddenly. Yup, Calamity answered as he flew, pulling the chariot behind him. They seem to be doing all right, for hellhounds. Not even raiders are stupid enough to wander near Ponyvale. Ten years ago, a megaspell had destroyed the hellhounds' home in Splendid Valley. A few dozen of the survivors had surfaced in the ruins of the town that had once been her home, the home of her friends. Now, it was home to maybe a score of hellhound families. As Calamity guided the sky chariot towards those hills, Fluttershy knew where they were going. Part of her mind insisted on envisioning this place as it once was. She and her friends had once gone golfing on these very hills, back before the war was even a whisper. She remembered Angel had gotten bored and started gnawing on the canopy of their golf cart until she cajoled him to stop. But this place wasn't a golf course anymore. Calamity brought the sky chariot down on the wind-stroked grass and unhitched himself. Fluttershy spread her wings, dipping her head to pick up the bundles of flowers that had accompanied her for much of this journey. The two Pekasi approached the five tombstones. Fluttershy dropped the flowers at her hooves letting Calamity pick up several of them to place at the gravestone of Elder Steelhoof's apple snack. She scooped up the others and began reverently placing them each on the four gravestones which fanned out behind the first one as Calamity took a few minutes of quiet with his departed friend. A soft pang filled her heart as Fluttershy wished she had found the time to know apple snack better. She stopped at the gravestone nearest to apple snacks, reading the inscription. Here rests Paladin Strawberry Lemonade. Brave. Loyal. True. She gave her life that Equestria may blossom once again. The other three markers had similar epitaphs. The wind began to pick up, tugging at her silvered mane with its streaks of pink. She planted the last of the flowers and turned back to Calamity. The stallion was staring upwards and towards the east. She followed his gaze, spotting the gaunt flying forms of the two ghoul pegasi pulling a water cart, leading the other water wagons as the caravan flew towards Junction Town. She knew one of the lead ghouls would have a golden pit bug on her foreleg with seven diamonds arranged like bubbles. Ditsy Do, the bearer of laughter, whoever could have imagined. It warmed her heart that her old friend found love in the equestrian wasteland. If only Pony and Equestria deserved happiness, Fluttershy thought. It was her. As she watched them pass, she believed she saw the pale stallion beside Ditsy Do glance at his love, the cantaloupe ghoul's normal grimace fading into a look of silent adoration. He caught her, his little falling star. A strange thought crossed her mind as she mused that Ditsy Doo and Lionheart reminded her, just a little, of Applejack and Applesnack. As if reading her thoughts, a very disturbing notion, Calamity stepped next to her, expressing, I ain't normally the religious type, but I've seen enough to know that souls exist, so part of me likes to imagine that somewhere up there, Steelhooves and his gal are smiling down on those two. Fluttershy nodded quietly. The winds continued to blow, making the trees creak and the water of the lake lap at the shore. Sunset poured out its beautiful palette across Equestria, painting the sky in oranges and purples, blues and golds. Sunlight glinted off the broken windows of the dead Manhattan skyscrapers, looking like a scattering of jewels and shimmered on the river that flowed around Buckling Cross. The butter-yellow Pegasus stretched her wings, standing on the edge of the fortress, her eyes looking out over the river, watching the slowly gliding boats, then lifting beyond. She could see Gummy's home from here. Like Ditsy Doo, 
another strand of the past that persisted in the present, tugging at her heart. Painful, but still precious, like anchors that kept her from blowing away in the wind. She glanced downwards, seeing the black scar of the Arbu prison. Calamity was down there somewhere, visiting a pony he described as an old friend who looks a lot like me. It saddened her that there was still a need for such places in Equestria, but not all ponies in the wasteland were willing to embrace their better virtues, to be good ponies. Every pony, she still believed, had goodness inside them, but she had learned the hardest possible way that you couldn't assume ponies would do the right thing, which made those who did all the more wonderful and precious. She felt the presence of the hellhound as it came up behind her. The old cyberhound crouched down next to her, his cyberleg giving a metallic whine. At last, the aging albino spoke. You ready for this? Fluttershy nodded. She would not allow the new age of Equestria to be born out of genocide. The hellhounds were on the precipice of extinction, and it was largely the fault of ponies. Wanted or not, warranted or not, she had once again been put in a position where her words carried weight, and as much as she hated being looked on as a leader, she wasn't going to shy away. Not after everything. This is something she must do. She must. She must. The Applejacks rangers weren't going to be happy about it, but she could convince them. The Hellhound Sanctuary was the right thing to do. The elderly albino Hellhound got back up as she turned around and followed her as she marched towards the council hall. A stiff wind cut through her feathers, chilling her, and the sun began to sink beneath the waves. Fluttershy took a deep breath. The day was almost over. It had been a day without gunshots. A peaceful day. A better day. In a world filled with misery and uncertainty, it is a great comfort to know that, in the end, there is a light in darkness. Fallout Equestria. say really. Wow. I'm glad it came to an end in a kind of happy way. Pip won and it's all over. They rescued Fluttershy and saved the Alicorns and brought about, well, the closest thing to peace the Wasteland has seen in a long time. But my show, my story here in the Wastes, it isn't over. And for the future, I have some very special things planned for you all. I'm looking forward to it. No, I'm still waiting on my co-host to get back here with that book. I wouldn't have had Ditsy do flight all the way out to Hippocampus just to keep the show alive. And I still see about getting her microphone fixed. No matter, I'm getting sidetracked. First off, I've got some announcements for all you faithful listeners. There's now a place where you can come to hang out with the rest of the Nuclear Reading Show community. A Discord server. You can find the link in the Nuclear Reading Show Twitter, at Nuclear Yuki. There you'll be able to chat with other members of the community, I maybe even run to myself and my co-host, Amber. To go with that, I'm very happy to announce that a nuclear reading show now has a Patreon page. We'd be so grateful if you could toss us a few caps. If you do, you'll have early access to episodes, access to a private section of the listeners' respite Discord server, where I'll stream recording and editing from time to time. You can also get a personal shout-out in the show and more. You can find that at patreon.com slash ANRS. 
Go check it out if you're interested in keeping the show alive and helping us improve it. The link is also available on the brand new Nuclear Reading Show YouTube channel, on our Twitter account, and of course on the Listener's Respite Discord server. Last thing before I sign off for the night. Season 2 of a Nuclear Reading Show will be beginning soon, featuring Fallout Equestria Project Horizons, written by Somba, Blackjack's Adventure Through the Wasteland. Music time now, listeners, to end the show off the way it should be. I'll see you around, folks. Here's Blue Boy with Grave Fission. Enjoy, people. Thank you.